Hey there, welcome to a new episode of the Liberators Network podcast. I'm Christian Verwijs and today's episode is all about the fine art of making your improvements more actionable. Or why scrum teams struggle so often with continuous improvements and how you can do better. And we'll be bringing a scientific perspective to this question. But before we dive in the episode, I want to remind you that this episode, along with all the other ones in our podcast, are made possible by our patrons. These are people who are donating a small amount of money on a monthly basis to make it possible for Barry and me to create all sorts of free content for the Agile community. This includes this podcast, but also our blog at medium.com slash the liberators, but also the Scrum Team survey or the free version of it. Uh, as well as many do-it-yourself workshops that you can download for free from our web shop and also the meetups, of course. Now, if you think that's valuable and if you want to encourage us to do more of this, then go to patreon.com liberators to find out how you can do this. There is a link in the show notes to, to explore this in more detail. In return for your support, we'll give you a lot of nice benefits like access to our Discord server. You can download all the do-it-yourself workshops for free. I think we have over 60 right now. Um, You can also gain a discount on the Scrum Team survey and in our web shop. And you can join our meetups. That's pretty neat, isn't it? So go to patreon.com slash liberators to learn more. But let's move into the episode. Enjoy! The title for today's episode is The Fine Art of Making Your Improvements Actionable. Let me begin with some questions. Do your sprint retrospectives feel like a waste of time? Are members of your team wondering what the point is of talking about improvement when nothing ever happens anyways? Or are you struggling to improve with your team even though the whiteboard, your mural or desk is littered with stickies with great improvement ideas? If any of these or all of these are the case, then we wrote this episode for you. If you've been following the content that Barry and I create at The Liberators, you probably noticed that we like to keep things practical. Yes, we take a scientific perspective to much of what we do, but we always try to add a practical twist to this to make it applicable in your work. This is also why we created over 60 do-it-yourself workshops to empower teams to tackle specific impediments and problems in their teams. We are also creating the Scrum Team Survey at scrumteamsurvey.org to help agile teams, not just Scrum Teams, diagnose themselves and their process and identify where they can improve. And this is also the reason why we added 40 actionable experiments to our recent book, The Zombie Scrum Survival Guide. There is a reason for this strong practical focus. Throughout our work with hundreds of Scrum teams, Scrum masters and Agile practitioners, we found that it is easy to remain stuck in the intention stage of improvements and never reach the execution stage. Lofty and well-sounding ideas like involve your stakeholders or expand your mandate are great, and everyone probably agrees with them. But coming up with what you need to do to actually improve is much harder, and that is something that usually doesn't happen. The hardest part of improving is to make it tangible and practical what you want to improve. More simply put, teams and practitioners often remain stuck in the what phase of continuous improvement, without clearly thinking the how phase through. Successful continuous improvement requires both, but these are hard skills to come by. 
So in today's episode, we share what we learned in how we try to keep things practical. And we also offer three actionable tips on how to create better improvements with your team. Continuous improvement, one step at a time. When it comes to the challenges that many scrum teams face in their efforts to work empirically, it may seem easier sometimes to move entire mountains. But even seemingly impossible hurdles are often overcome when you take it one step at a time, one day at a time. That is the heart of continuous improvement. We also believe that there is a substantial amount of skill and creativity required to make that work. Because how exactly do you take one step at a time? We consistently observe that teams struggle here. Instead of keeping it small, simple and practical, teams often go for ambitious but vague and unclear improvements. And without a good starting point, there is no feedback and no motivation to start. So the expected improvement never materializes and all potential is lost. There is a great example of this in the Professional Scrum Master 2 class that I created with Barry Overeem for Scrum.org. Throughout this training, we ask people to identify actionable improvements based on what they learned. For example, one exercise focuses on the definition of done and how it reduces the risk of complex work. When we ask people to share their action steps after this exercise, they are often surprisingly vague, like talk about the definition of done or involve management. In the other exercises, People struggle to identify specific practices, creative tips, and ideas on how to involve more stakeholders, expand the autonomy of teams, involve leadership, and increase release frequency. These are four areas that we cover in our class. Now, Barry and I are always on the lookout for Scrum Masters that actually show an extensive toolkit of simple, creative, and practical actions to move things forward, or help other people do so. These are often also the best Scrum Masters we know, but there are surprisingly few of those Scrum Masters in our classes. And to date we've taught this class a hundred times probably, and it's also been taught by many other trainers across the world, and we know that their experience is similar. It's just very hard for most people to remain practical and creative in coming up with small, simple solutions to difficult problems. Another illustration comes from the improvement actions that Scrum Teams create in our Scrum Team Survey. This is a tool that we're creating for Agile teams of any kind to diagnose their process and identify improvements. So what happens is that teams diagnose their process and then they actually type in the improvements that they want to make. But what we can clearly see is that those actions often remain unclear and vague, like define stakeholders or go to meetups or focus on sprint goals. So this is a pattern that we also see with many scrum teams we interact with, both from the scrum team survey, as well as from our experience in the professional scrum master two class, but also in our day-to-day -day interactions with scrum teams. Not really improvements. We've come to call these improvements that I just mentioned examples of as not really improvements. These are improvements that only clarify intent, like involve stakeholders, but don't provide any details on how you aim to actually achieve that intent. While they may sound good on a sticky, they don't actually address the essential part of actual improvement, which is how are you going to do this? 
Whenever improvements like these appear during a sprint retrospective, a training, or in our other work with scrum teams, we know that there is work to do. Weak improvements come with many problems. The first is that they lack any sense of scope. When someone suggests to increase our autonomy as a team, there is no way for me to understand what effort is involved in that. Because there is no sense of scope, there is also no sense of timeline. Should this be done by tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, who knows? This is further compounded by a lacking sense of involvement. Who will contribute to this, when and why? It is not surprising that these kinds of improvements are not at all motivating to get started with. So what happens is that they end up on a to-do list and usually remain there. And let's be honest, in most cases that's the drawer of the desk of a scrum master. At this point, we would recommend taking a look at the improvements that you identified with your team during a recent sprint retrospective or sprint review. How many of your improvement actions express only the intent of the improvement, but leave out the practical details of how to achieve it entirely? How many of your improvement actions lack a sense of scope, a sense of timeline, and a sense of involvement? Create actionable improvements through refinement. So how can you do better? A common line of thought is to make your improvements SMART, which is an acronym. George Doran initially coined this acronym in 1981, and it was expanded further by Peter Drucker in 2007, among other years, because he published several books and articles on this. The acronym stands for Specific, Measurable, Assignable, Realistic, and Time-Related, or SMART. While SMART is a useful set of characteristics to craft more actionable goals, we believe that they are often too constraining. More importantly, they don't really address the issue at the heart of weak improvements. Our experience is that weak improvements are weak when they remain too broad and unspecific on how something will be improved. Interestingly, this creates a clear connection with something else that, is, that good scrum teams spend a lot of time on, which is refinement. The Scrum Guide defines refinement as, quote, the act of breaking down and further defining product backlog items into smaller, more precise items, end quote. Here too, it begins with a vague and unclear chunk of work that gradually becomes clearer as it is refined and implemented. And here too, there is a substantial amount of skill and creativity required by scrum teams to do this well. Although the Scrum framework uses refinement mostly in relation to the work that needs to happen for a product and the items on the product backlog or the sprint backlog, the same principles apply to improvements all the same. So you can boost the potential for continuous improvement in your team by investing deeply in refining those improvements from vague and broad to small and specific over time. It is far easier to make tiny specific adjust adjustments here and there than it is to make big and unclear ones. The fortunate reality for scrum teams is that all those tiny incremental adjustments accumulate to large changes over time, just like all those small items on the sprint backlog eventually accumulate to a substantial product over time. With that intent in mind, let's now consider some practical ways to achieve that intent. I will now share with you a number of practical tips that we found very helpful to make your improvements more actionable. The first tip is to begin by asking how. 
We found that the single best way to create more actionable improvements is also childishly simple. Consistently ask how in response to suggested ideas, or the friendlier version, how do we or you intend to achieve that? Delivery is obviously important here. The best way to shut a brainstorm down is to make the how come out as dismissive or confrontational. So use how or how shall we go about doing this to encourage teams to shift from ideas to actions. The second tip is to refine your improvements by making them smaller. Although asking how already works wonders, you can still easily end up with fairly large actions. An action like, we start a book club to read books about development, is already quite actionable, but it is still too large. The reason for this is that it is surprisingly difficult to descend into the particulars of improvements. This is where you really have to make things so practical that you can see what they should look like in practice. It is cognitively very taxing to go into so much detail, but it's very important. So refinement is, is the key here. You have to help yourself and your team descend into the particulars by asking questions that are aimed at clarification and reduction of the scope of the improvements. We found four, uh, five questions to be very helpful there. The first one is, what does this look like in our day-to-day -day practice? The second one is, where should we start? Or the third, who should be involved and how? And the fourth, when should it be done? And finally, which steps are involved and in what order would you take them? So at the end of a conversation where you use questions like this, it is far more likely that you'll end up with actionable improvements. And you'll notice that it also matches the SMART characteristics, but only because we've gone through a process of refinement. The third tip is to use the liberating structure called 15% solutions. This liberating structure is really ideally suited for the identification of small improvements. It works as follows. The first step is to ask people to individually compile a list of personal 15% solutions to a shared challenge at hand. Here it's important to explain that it's called a 15% solution because it is any first step that each person can take to contribute to addressing the challenge without requiring approval or access to resources that they don't have autonomy over. And usually we give people five minutes to think of some 15% solutions that make sense for them in relation to the challenge. Then ask people to form groups of three and invite them to share their 15% solutions, usually like one or two minutes per person, but it's up to the trios to coordinate the time. The purpose here is to share ideas, not to judge or respond to them. And again, this is something that we usually do for about five minutes. In the same groups, the members then help to refine and clarify the 15% solutions to make them more specific and make them more actionable and smaller when needed. Another purpose is to explore how groups can help the individuals in achieving their 15% solutions. And how much time you take for this depends a little bit, but we found five minutes per person good, so usually this takes 15 minutes for a group of three. So all in all, this structure takes about 20 to 25 minutes, and it's a really nice way to round up any sprint retrospective or session where you diagnosed a challenge and thought of new ideas on what you could do to improve it. 
the strength of the structure in this case really lies on the focus on how each individual can contribute to a shared challenge. And by going through the three steps that I just outlined, we found that participants inevitably find ways to support each other's improvements or make them even better by working together. The fourth tip and the final tip is to take a look at the 100 quick tips that we created for the Scrum Team survey and it is also available in our webshop. Barry and I are working with a community of patrons and one of the joys of this is that we've involved them in the creation of over 100 actionable improvements to help and inspire Scrum Teams. Each set of quick tips addresses a specific area like team autonomy, stakeholder collaboration, sprint review quality, and so on. To identify which tips are probably the most relevant for your team, your team can first participate in the Scrum Team Survey. For a single team, this is free. So you can just go to scrumteamsurvey.org. You don't need an account. You don't need to provide payment information or anything and just go ahead and diagnose your process together. We, we then use the results combined with a scientific model that we developed to identify which areas are most likely in need of improvement for your team. For these areas, we offer you a selection of actionable improvements, which we call quick tips, as well as a lot of do-it-yourself workshops that you can use to address these impediments in more detail. You can use the entire platform, the Scrum Team Survey, for free and see quick tips for up to five areas for free. If you want more, then you have to get a subscription for your team or for your organization. Now there's also a nice deck of cards that we created with these 100 quick tips that you can get from our webshop. I'll put the link in the show notes if you're interested in acquiring it. We'll also share the digital version with you when you purchase it. And just like I said in the introduction, as a patron, you get a discount in our shop. So that, that also helps you there. And that brings me to the closing words for today's episode. Continuous improvement is incredibly hard. It doesn't only require a recurring opportunity to think about what you can improve. It also requires a lot of creativity and cognitive attention to drill into the particulars of how you actually intend to improve things. Our experience is that many scrum teams struggle greatly here. And this explains why the sprint retrospective so often feels like a waste of time. But fortunately, we've created a number of tools and aids for you to use with your team to make it easier to identify improvements. And this episode hopefully helps you in that regard too. And that brings me to the end of today's episode. I hope you learned something new about how to make your improvements better and how to make continuous improvement in your team more effective and more rewarding. If you liked today's episode, We'd be super happy with a positive review on the platform that you're listening on, or alternatively, you can share it on LinkedIn or some other platform that you're listening on, or just with colleagues in your organization. It's always a good way for new people to learn about this podcast and hopefully it benefits them too. Now, I want to thank you very much for listening to today's episode, and I hope to see you again for our next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.